I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Syrupcast. If you're tuning into the Syrupcast for the first time, it's a podcast by Mobile Syrup, Canada's largest independent tech site in which we look back at the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. This is episode 169. We're recording it on Thursday, May 17th, 2018, as people laugh and snicker. (laughs) Uh, This week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup Telecom and news editor, Rose Bihar. And that's it. But if if we're being honest, (laughs) what more do you need? Rose, how are you? We're the dream team. The dream team. I'm very well, thank you. I, uh, you know, I like doing these duo podcasts. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Yeah. So I just got back from IO and that's probably going to be the uh, bulk of our conversation. Um, And beyond that, we're probably going to talk a bit about the OnePlus 6. I don't know if we can talk too much just because the review embargo hasn't lifted, but obviously OnePlus. You're sworn to secrecy. I'm sworn to secrecy. Carl Pei is going to come for me and he's going to give that grin at me. I don't know. He does that occasionally. He does have that. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, So Rose, the burning question, the most important question. What is your hot take on Android gestures? Oh my gosh. So I'm not a big fan whatsoever. Okay. I'm a big I'm a big app drawer person. Me too. To me, that was what I always delighted in with stock Android was swipe up straight to my app drawer. Mm -hmm. That's what I was happy with. And now it's basically like a sort of a double action that you have to do to get there. Mm -hmm. And I'm still not used to, and I don't really like swiping through um, my open apps. It's Mm -hmm. just not something that I tend to do. I wonder if that is a really popular action for a lot of people. But for me, I tend to hop to a shortcut or hop to a search to get to whatever I'm Mm -hmm. doing personally. Right. So I should provide some context. Oh, yes. (laughs) Which is that at Google I.O., Google announced the second developer preview of Android P. And interestingly, you can actually download it on a lot more phones than just the Pixel 2 and the Pixel. That's right. Um, So including phones such as the OnePlus 6, uh, so probably after this, I'm going to go wipe my phone and install Android P on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but then also a lot of interesting phones like the Xiaomi Mi Mix 2, um, right. the Essential Phone. Um, and then beyond that, obviously, they had the very dystopian Google Duplex uh, That demo. was major. That was major, yeah. Um, but Android P was, I think it's fair to say, the bulk of the presentation for a lot of people anyway right like right i mean that was the content that we were all there for it felt mm-hmm. like it came a little late in the actual totally, keynote yeah, 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 totally um but and it also felt like there weren't too many things that i can point to when mm-hmm. i when somebody asked me oh what ha- what was big at io there's only mm-hmm. a couple of things that i really tend to right talk, so talk um i was just thinking like 
have you had a chance to, it sounds like you've installed Android P on one of your phones. Well, actually, so I got the beta, which mm -hmm. is not the same as the de second developer preview. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've yep. been just working with the beta. Mm -hmm. um, and that has quite a few of the things that were announced at IO, mm -hmm. but not everything. everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have, for instance, like, I don't think you're able to check out dashboard yet, which was the really the time yeah. management feature that I actually think will be really Amazing. good for That's my obsessive but yeah, yeah like i am so um addicted to my phone right so let's uh yeah, once again take a step back and mm -hmm. just describe that for people so for those who didn't follow io uh it's called digital well-being is the new kind of overarching initiative by google and it's very strange to see this coming from google for a company that kind of you know, when you get down to brass tacks, I think all of these companies, it's all about, quote unquote, engagement, right? And whereas Google is now trying to change it to meaningful engagement, whatever that means, right? Um, right. But, you know, obviously Android, um, across the board, it kind of, the paradigm is that you're using it constantly and that using it more and more, right? Like that's one of the main metrics for companies like Facebook, like right. Google. Um, and so in what I assume is kind of a 180, Google is now saying to developers, no, you need to kind of uh, kind of scale back. We want kind of users using this meaningfully, which is, you know, they use it to get the information they want um, and the information they need, but they're not excessively using it. So one of the things that your phone will do as a part of this update is there's this kind of, uh, it's a feature called wind down where right. towards the end of the night, your phone will go back to the Stone Age and turn into kind of grayscale. I shouldn't say Stone Age, probably more like 19, <laughs> what, like 85? I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, it's yeah, like an e-reader. Yeah, it turns into an e-reader, basically, to yeah. tell you to like shut down, right? Yeah. And also because it drains out all blue light, Yeah. you know, you're less likely to kind of just consistently stay on your phone as you try to wind down for the night and i wonder if that would work for me i still think that i'm like addicted enough that i would probably play through the pain there but <laughs> i think yeah. that um they also have an option where you can set time limits for apps an app, and then yeah. it totally grays out the app so right. that you can't use it after a certain amount of time per day which and, would be very helpful and the only way to kind of get past that limit is to go back into the dashboard you, you know when you try like it basically tells you you're addicted right um in no uncertain terms right and you can't kind of disable it from the home screen right or from the app launcher you have to go into the dashboard and manually change it right um do you foresee yourself like is this are these features and one of the main ones i should say is the dashboard which you know tells you how long you've been using your phone how many notifications there's even a beautiful pie chart that tells you like where you're spending your time, whether it's on Instagram, looking at all those cute dogs or on Reddit, you know, arguing with uh, alt-right uh, jerks. <laughs> Took a while to find the right word. Um, but right, it'll tell yeah. you, you know, there'll be a kind of a, uh, a drill down of what you're doing. Mm. So do you foresee that helping you manage I do foresee it helping me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really useful feature. And honestly, the one thing that I am now thinking about is, so why did Google make this? What's what's the benefit for Google? Mm, yeah. And I guess maybe perhaps to what you were saying, there's a difference between meaningful engagement and not. And so perhaps it will help Google and its partners um, to have people be 
less passive on apps mm-hmm. um, because I know that I'm passively scrolling through a lot of apps quite a lot mm-hmm. um, and actually doing more things on those apps, but doing less of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that would be an angle. It doesn't seem to make sense to me since while you're scroll- scrolling, you keep on loading up ads. So yeah. Um, or is it just a distraction from what's going on with the larger data privacy conversation? Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of initially what I thought of it was when I saw it, um, there was a leak about how that was going to be one of the focuses about IO. Mm -hmm. And it felt to me like a great way to avoid discussing Mm -hmm. data privacy and data collection and how much data Google Mm -hmm. has about you and sort of be like, ooh, you're really addicted to your phone. That's on you. That's a Mm -hmm. you issue. But let us help you with it. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I'm I'm just still trying to wrap my head around why exactly I mm-hmm. introduced that. No altruism from the deep the deep bottom of their heart. Well, no. you know they do have that mantra, "Don't be evil." So maybe right. it's just that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just that. Um, before we get to duplex, was there anything else that kind of uh, stuck out at you from Android P specifically, and then just more generally the conference itself? Um, so Android P, I do think it's interesting how their Google is weaving in AI to more aspects of mm-hmm. its uh, operating system, including sort of predictive battery and predictive uh, display brightness. Mm-hmm. Both of yeah. those things sort of guided by how you use your phone and mm-hmm. what apps are the most important to you. Um, I, I think that's interesting. I also think that the you know the more that we see AI the more that's going on in the background when it comes to um, Mm -hmm. data collection and when it comes to us being fully hooked into that Google ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm being very cynical, but... Rightfully so. Like there's always the other side to these things and we'll always go ahead and take them because it's really convenient and it's really great. Mm -hmm. But I think it was a little nerve-wracking to see just the leaps and bounds that Google is making in AI. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the things were shocking. We didn't, yeah. I don't, I think, you know, duplex, that was something right. we didn't expect to see. So I guess we can't go any further without addressing <laughs> yeah. the elephant in the room. What was, I mean, take it through. Okay. So let me just contextualize this that, you know, I'm at IO and I'm trying to get photos for you guys. I'm trying to get information. <laughs> and so I didn't have like, you know, I'm kind of the person who needs to focus on one thing. And so a lot of that keynote like my mind just wasn't focused on the words that were being said, right? But duplex, it's like you kind of, there was this kind of, I very clearly remember this moment in which I just like kind of, everyone stopped what they were doing. Absolutely. And just like listened to what was going on. What was your reaction to duplex? Like, yeah. like what were some of your thoughts that kind of came in and how'd you come to terms with them, I guess? I mean, at first it was just exciting. It was mm-hmm. just, it was kind of, because uh, a lot of the times you, there's sort of a, especially at the event, there seems to be kind of a feigning of an over-enthusiasm. Totally. Yeah. And, but for this particular moment, everybody was awed. Mm-hmm. It was an awe-inspiring moment. Because mm-hmm. um, what we saw were two conversations uh, where an AI a very realistic human sounding voice using um and uh was speaking like the mm-hmm brought yeah. people to like a complete stop everybody yeah. was like that ai just said mm-hmm. yeah like, 
Uh, so we heard the AI have conversations with real retail people, yeah. retail workers. And one of the conversations was actually quite confusing. It mm -hmm. was a person who on the other end was not really sure what was going on and was reiterating things back to the AI. And, yeah, and then and the so, AI, yeah, yeah. But, um, but in both cases, the AI like successfully made it through the conversation. And uh, it seemed that the retail worker had no idea mm -hmm. that it was a, a robot and mm -hmm. not a real person. So right. anyway, we, we saw this and... Um, yeah, my first reaction, I actually initially thought for some reason that Google would train the AI using clips of your voice speaking on the phone. I don't know why I thought of that for a second. Yeah. That may be something that will happen in the future, I'm mm -hmm. sure. But uh, no, that's not what's happening. It was, it's just their their own AI voices. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and yeah, and pretty quickly I thought to myself, linking that with like deep fake uh deep fake videos yeah and the sort of technology that we have for video in terms of faking identity um it's a there's a lot of scary conclusions that you can come to yeah and i mean so one thing i should point out is that in a blog post that was published after the fact they kind of you know google was adamant that yes it quote unquote passes the turing test when it comes to these very specific mm -hmm. kind of like use cases so in like this is a very capable ai when it comes to like booking a restaurant reservation but this ai cannot have a conversation with you right like a natural it's not westworld yet it's not yet that's you know that, that's the thing right yeah. yeah um on the other hand i think it was you know it was very i mean i didn't clap for that moment but there were a lot of people around me Thankfully, most of the journalists uh, controlled themselves and did not clap. But, you know, this being a developer conference, this being, you know, people who are already kind of drinking the Google Kool-Aid. Totally. Um, they were incredibly enthused about that. Yeah. Right. And there was this great article, which is kind of like that moment encapsulates kind of Silicon Valley's quote unquote kind of. Um, it's just they're just hurtling towards the without any as our friend thought. Samir Chabra said, hurtling towards the cliff. But yeah, and you're already over the cliff, and yeah, he's very dramatic. But it is that kind of moment. Yeah, I mean, so how do you see all of this playing out? Um, to me, I think, I think, so we have this technology; it's developing at a rate that even we can barely comprehend mm -hmm. you know even though it is just for bookings that's not something that we thought was possible in mm -hmm. that way that is still astounding yeah. and they and it's they say they're going to test it this summer yeah um this is not something that's far in the future so given that it's coming that fast mm -hmm. um we don't currently our society doesn't have isn't showing the capacity to be able to regulate that properly or to give mm -hmm. proper consideration to how that will work within our society what should be some proper controls around it mm -hmm. and the other issue is a lack of diversity within silicon valley all of this technology all this this frankenstein mm -hmm. is being created by on on mass white men or just men in general of a certain age mm -hmm. and and just a huge amount of them. Mm -hmm. They don't have the diverse perspective mm -hmm. that I would hope people who are making the future of our our technological lives and thus just our lives would yeah. have. 
I think it's going to be a major and it's already shown itself. Like there's, we already have examples of Google just a few years ago making a facial recognition AI that identified black people as apes, right? This mm-hmm. is something that we have seen. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, to me, it, it is terrifying. It's pretty scary. Yeah. So uh, there's uh, so many good points there. So I'm going to try and just like, <laughs> uh, address them one by one um so the you know the first point is very important in the sense that like so many people we've seen so many people have issues just differentiating fake news from real news right what happens when these ais now start aping humans right like um i mean google has said that there'll be some kind of disclosure attached but then like you know the moment you get a robocall and it's like congratulations you've won a trip to the uh, bahamas you put it you put the phone down right? right so like what service person who already has to deal with so many you know rude people is going to want to talk to an ai what you know to handle these booking reservations and right and we're, we're seeing this in the wild now i saw a reddit post recently mm-hmm. where a retail worker said uh google maps called the store Mm -hmm. and spoke to me and later they realized that it had all the signs of being duplex um oh really but it just identified itself as google maps oh interesting yeah Yeah. you know i i question this like if google really wanted to like help these businesses these small businesses who don't have um web platforms why not just create like a very cheap platform for them to like book online right like in right. like why go through what i mean i understand you know like the much more lucrative prize is to create this ai that can converse with people right mm-hmm. and do all of these things on its own um but it seems like such overkill for a very simple problem right hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, that's why I keep on going back to, you know, what are the possible motives here? I mean, I think mm-hmm. the the general motive is always data. Like mm-hmm. people say lately, data is the new oil. That's mm-hmm. kind of what you have to be on the, the watch out for is every single one of these things that Google introduces or Facebook introduces. Um, how is the data? Where's the data flowing from that? Where is it going? Mm-hmm. What are the permissions on that? Like, I, I think it now more than ever we really do need to be vigilant about it Mm -hmm. yeah and you know as to the diversity angle it's it's you know it's not even just that they're like white men of a specific age it's they're like of a very specific social and economic milieu right Mm -hmm. like where it's like um it was funny when i was in san francisco i met uh, a friend of a friend and he's like he started talking to me he's like you're not a startup bro it's like I can tell because it's like you're le- you're interested in far more things than just like what's this technology company doing like la- and all the la da 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 that comes with you know what it means to be a startup bro in Silicon Valley at this point in time right um, and 
there was this great, um, I believe it was in Reply All, they had this great um, uh, kind of, oh, it was not maybe, or it was maybe 99% invisible, but there was this guy who was saying he had previously worked at either Facebook or Twitter, and he was talking about the diversity thing, and he was saying, uh, I don't know if it's like a poor metaphor, but I think it's a really good one, where it's like, um, depending on where you are from the world, in the world, you will put your ketchup in a different place. Hmm. So people in uh, the southern United States, for instance, they might put it in their cupboard, right? Whereas, you know, I don't know about your family, but mine puts it in the refrigerator, right? And so when you're out of ketchup and you are looking for other condiments, because of the placement of the ketchup, there'll be different condiments or just tools with which you can cook in and around where that ketchup would have been, right? And so you will then, as a result, draw on different ingredients for your dish, right? And so he's like, that's kind of the diversity thing when it's like, we all do things differently, right? And when it comes to problem solving, we thus then pull on different um, different things to solve a problem, Absolutely. right? And so um, that has, you know, to me has been the clearest just way of kind of thinking about diversity in not just in tech, but in all things. It's like we all go about problem solving differently. And hence, that's why we should have uh, different people helping us solve problems, right? Um, whereas, you know, Google might be like, well, AI, that is the solution to this very terrible problem where people are spending two minutes of their day trying to book a restaurant. Yeah. Someone else might be, well, like, why don't we help these companies get on the internet easier, right? Like, what is yeah. it, 80% of small businesses or something? I'm making that number <laughs> off. But uh, some percentage of business, small businesses in the U.S. do not even have a website which you can book online, right? Absolutely. Um, so, I don't know. I think uh, there's a lot to... Certainly, it is a very like scary technology, you know, and I hope this kind of outlash has, or backlash, excuse me, has caused Google to take a step back and um reevaluate whether you know but i imagine you know like when have we like looked at a technology and said like certainly there's been times when we looked at a technology and said for instance you know cars it's like if we knew about everything that cars do to our cities to our health to the environment would we like maybe take a step back and go like i don't know should we have invented cars or should we have adopted them where every person has a car, right? Like, um, we are so, we don't have that kind of cognitive initiative or cognitive want to take a step back and really consider a technology. Like, no. we're yeah. just, as you said, hurtling towards a hill <laughs> or towards a cliff. I know. And that is why kind of the only real solution is to make sure at the very least that we do have diverse people with a lot of and with a lot of different frame like mm-hmm. uh, point of views and a lot of from a lot of different um, industries and like backgrounds as well, mm-hmm. ac- academic and you know uh, conservation like environmentalist, all these sorts of things. We need to make sure that they're all working on the technology. Right. There's a multi yeah multidisciplinary yeah. approach to yeah. these things, right? right? But I mean, I question whether there's even that kind of will within these companies to do that, right? 
I mean, yeah, I would mm. because, you know, they're companies mm-hmm. and that is what it comes down to at the end of the day. These are not not for profits. Mm-hmm. These are not, you know, governments, although they're the size of some governments. Mm-hmm. Right. But they are their companies. So we have to keep them to account. Like we have to keep them accountable as the public and mm-hmm. as the media. It's mm-hmm. really important. So what would you say, um, I think, you know, this kind of privacy angle and accountability angle is important. Like, what would you say to the average listener on mob- uh, to the Syrup cast, not the Mobile Syrup podcast, because that's not <laughs> the name. What should they do? I would say, you know, even if you don't think you have anything to hide, mm-hmm. the issue goes beyond that. And we'll see, you'll soon, I think, soon see it more clearly in terms of how far it goes beyond the idea of, well, if I'm not doing anything mm-hmm. criminal... You know, I don't have to worry about my privacy. Um, there are a lot of different things that could affect your life from in, like medical insurance to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what is targeted towards you based on the data that companies are gathering about you. Mm-hmm. So I definitely would just recommend looking into your online footprint and trying to be cognizant of what 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 of your data is going where? And mm-hmm. if you find something that you think is suspicious and you think is not good, um, send it to Mobile Syrup or send it to a different media publication of your choice mm-hmm. and ask us to help you investigate it. Yeah. Because, you know, we'd love to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think what you should at the very least do every so often is do a Google search of your name, right? Like <laughs> see what is getting up on there, right? Like... um you know, you'll, you might see that picture from 10 years ago at university where you were, uh, you know, totally drunk. I was going to use different, less polite words, but (laughs) like, um, you know, that's just like the kind of most basic example, right? Like where that could affect future job opportunities. Right. Um, but there are so many, that's just kind of also surface level, right? Mm -hmm. Like that you can Mm -hmm. see online. I'm sure Facebook and Google have so much more information on you than you would ever even want to believe, right? Yeah. Um, and it's been fascinating, you know, just being on Twitter and seeing um, DuckDuckGo. Is, uh, <laughs> is it your search engine of choice? Uh, no, but it? I often joke that it is. And I should we make should it. make it our yeah. search engine of choice. <laughs> um, but they've been doing these kind of promoted tweets. It's like how to like, it's like you can't stop at quitting Facebook, right? Right. Um, and it's kind of, it's an interesting issue in, for kind of our perspective it's like we you know whenever i share an article most of the people that are reading my article are my friends on facebook right who are really supportive so i you know i kind of feel like i can't leave facebook right yeah and partially you know it's for our job we kind of want to know what's going on with the platform Mm -hmm. new features that sort of stuff um but yeah it's just get into the settings i would say get into Mm -hmm. your privacy settings and and take a look yeah, especially, you know, in this kind of post-Cambridge uh, Analytica world, mm-hmm. there's like so many guides out there that really detail. Yeah, uh, there, are, there are resources for sure. So many resources, yeah. yeah. Um, so our producer, Robin, looks like she's about to fall asleep. <laughs> um, and, I mean, there's only so much I can say about the OnePlus 6. It's a phone. <laughs> you know whether you like it or not. I don't know. Well, and it's true. And you actually have some embargoed info that you yeah. can't speak about. But, um, well, it has a notch. It has a notch. Yeah. And there we've fulfilled our notch quota <laughs> for the Syrup cast. Got to make sure to mention at least one notch every single episode. Uh, so on that note, how about we, unless there's something you, else you wanted to add on IO or Google in general, 
Um, there were there were a ton of other announcements at I.O. Mm-hmm. And there is like a blog post that Google put out of the 100 announcements so it made. So many, yeah. So I'd recommend checking out that for all the little details of new features for Google Photos and Google mm-hmm. Assistant and whatnot. But yeah, I, I think, honestly, Duplex was the biggest news out of I.O. Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about gestures and some of the other things about uh, Android P. So yeah, those are kind of the major points uh i'll just say quickly i wrote a piece on material design yeah. i know not the most interesting thing to a lot of people but it was fascinating uh so google it was a press roundtable where they had uh matthias duarte the creator of material design and uh beautiful dress shirt connoisseur um Ooh, very nice he's very known for his floral love of floral print dress shirts um and seven other designers from google who worked on various aspects of material design um, and just to be in a room like that with so many smart people is a privilege and something I really enjoyed. Um, so I hope it comes out in the article, but um, that was just like a really amazing opportunity. And I had a lot of fun reading that article. You can see it on the front page of Mobile Syrup. If you listen to the Syrupcast, you've probably already read it because you're so nice. Thank you, readers. Um, but yeah, if you haven't, please give it a read. Um, put my heart and soul into it and i think it's one of the better things i've written in the last little while so we'd really appreciate it if you read it especially you robin it is really good i can vouch for that thank you rose <laughs> uh on that note do you have any shout outs yeah so i wanted to shout out this um story that we did just yesterday where we're in michael geist who is our favorite university of ottawa law professor we should have um, invited him to talk about duplex <laughs> we should have but he's at rights con as is everybody in the mm. kind of you know consumer advo- advocacy world mm-hmm. um so he posted an article a report about um these documents that they got through uh, the that um were obtained through a freedom of information request mm-hmm. from the government that showed um bell had essentially pitched its fair play proposal to the crtc several months time. before yeah the actual public uh, application was launched. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Bell said to us, Mobile Syrup, that they denied that, reviewing the application with uh, the CRTC. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on a technicality that they just hadn't called it fair play yet. Because mm-hmm. if you actually see the slides, they're, they're for the same you know website blocking tool. That oh, we really? Did. Yeah, it's absolutely, the slides are yeah. pretty, pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, so Bell denied it and CRTC said that nothing they'd done nothing wrong because Bell was free to bring up any topic that they wanted in front of the CRTC uh, when the issue was not under consideration by them. Uh, so it was it was all very interesting. But basically what Geist and, and uh, John Lawf- Lawford of the public advocacy, the uh, PIAC, mm, yes, uh, public interest advocacy, that's it, that's yeah. it, public interest advocacy center said it's not fair because they got a chance to argue this twice and to already sort of pitch this to the CRTC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're at a disadvantage because of that. Mm-hmm. Nothing really uh, has been stated in terms of like sort of making a more formal complaint, mm-hmm. but there has been some sort of inkling of, well, maybe once the decision comes out, then we'll sort of, uh, you know, depending on what the decision is, what we might make a formal you know, movement that that whole process was unfair. Mm-hmm. So that's my shout out. Well, I was going to shout out a book, but since we're <laughs> doing like 
these kind of shout outs you know shout out to the u.s senate decided oh. to bring back uh uh why <laughs> trying to bring back net neutrality net neutrality sorry i just completely blanked out <laughs> of course you know it's a long shot but it still has to go through congress mm-hmm. and then if it somehow gets through congress trump has to sign off on right. it who i think he has publicly said not that i mean give everyone the benefit of doubt i'm sure he understands all the uh kind of finer points of uh, and, uh pff, i can't already forgot the name Net neutrality. Net neutrality. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe I shouldn't be hosting the Shipcast. Yeah. Doesn't know the finer points of net neutrality. Um, excuse me. He does. Um, but he has publicly stated, I think, that he is not a fan of the policy. No. Um, so, so, you know. But it is great. It's great to see that like public pressure had some effect on those last well, sort of Republican. Well, you know, also like props so. to those three Republicans yeah. who, you know, didn't vote with the party and instead voted on the basis of their own beliefs and the beliefs of their constituents. Right. Like, you know, that is, you know, props to you. Just like, um, you are an amazing individual. Although, yeah, anyway, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sure they'll vote You'd with the party. You'd have to go through their voting records before you totally. can say they're yeah. an amazing individual. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, in this instance, you acted properly. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, you know, Minister Baines has said net neutrality is here to stay in Canada. So, yeah, and exactly. I believe there was some movement to kind of enshrine it as a charter of right or like there was I some. Mean, recently, the house there was a House of Commons committee that mm. did make a bu- uh, several recommendations about uh, very pro net neutrality's rec- recommendations, including mm-hmm. stating that if the CRTC decided to go along with Bell and this mm-hmm. like website, anti-piracy website blocking scheme, mm-hmm. um, that they would challenge it because it does challenge mm-hmm. net neutra- the, the principles of net neutrality and yeah. that, that how Bell has, uh, has uh, kind of proposed it, there would be no oversight of, of the sites taken down. Conveniently. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> it's a very slippery, could be a very slippery slope. So, yeah. 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 I'm, pr- I'm proud of Canada in that sense. Yeah. So, yeah, props to the U.S. Senate. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I assume. Who knows? Um, we could just get shut down at any minute <laughs> at the rate we're going and at the way I'm hosting this <laughs> We're podcast. barely keeping the lights on here, folks. Yeah, barely. Um, yeah, so make sure to support our Patreon when, in which we'll get Patrick onto Blink-185. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it definitely not one it's i don't think it's 155 or 155 something. Yeah. yes yes that's how many blink <laughs> some blink 182 i don't know so, yeah. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> blink 182 uh, um uh yeah that gofundme campaign we got to start it it'll either be a patreon or a gofundme we have to decide the logistics of it but uh, they promised to get pat onto the show but then never followed up yeah pat is also he's not here because his back is dying um in you know usual pat case um anyway miss you pat miss you pat um if you want to follow, follow mobile syrup you can do that at mobile syrup whether it's on facebook instagram or twitter rose where can people find you uh, people can find me at rose bahar b-e-h-a-r on twitter and i'm at igor bonifacic that's i-g-o-r-b-o-n-i-f-a-c-i-c almost forgot how to spell my name which, you know, par for the course of date. Anyway, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week where we might have a special guest. We'll see. Take it easy. <laughs>